Good afternoon, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Um, yes, we are in the midst of once again of talking about the tropical storm season down here. And, you know, obviously people on the East Coast would be talking about it too, especially the East Coast of Canada because we have Fiona heading north. We have a system to the north of South America to south of Cuba that's right now a wave that could become a depression and then a tropical storm and then a hurricane. And there's suggestions that once it moves into the Western Caribbean that it will turn into a huge storm. And then we see the cone of death coming out of the computer models taking up, coming up one side in the middle of... uh, the Florida Keys. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that over the next couple hours, a couple hours, next couple days. And I think we have till next Monday. Hopefully that this will um, skirt us. But then again, when it skirts us, there's I'm, I'm hoping it just dissipates. But there's suggesting that the factors that inhibit the growth of hurricanes are not present. There's exceptionally warm water and very little wind shear that breaks it up. And if it doesn't go across mountains or anything like that, there's no inhibition to growth. So uh, we'll see what we will see right now. But life goes on down here in the Keys as it does everywhere else inside uh, in, in the rest of the world. So yesterday was my double and that's when I go in early I started changing up my routine I started because I realized that when I a correlation between me not feeling so hot or energized is a day I don't go to the gym I always feel more energized if I go to the gym I feel a little more tired at the end of the night just from physical activity but there's nothing uh, that really increases my well-being as being able to exercise. And I think that's more, it's, it's, it's a mental, physical thing for me. And I do, I've been doing more uh, meditation and doing uh, all these other things that are really about self-care. And when you take care of yourself, you're better prepared, and this is my credo, you're better prepared to handle challenges and be able to be your best. So I go into work yesterday, and you know when you go into work, sometimes you get inundated with things that just kind of could bring you down. So I come in. We get a brand new keg cooler into work, and that's, their keg coolers are great when you, they're working great. You get cold beer coming out of them, and you, you know you get a nice pour, you get a nice head on it, and there's nothing better for people. They love draft beer. And But I came in, and it turned out I heard a story about what happened the day before. I'm not in on Tuesday. And what happened is one of our CO2 tanks, or the CO2 tanks, that uh, they use CO2 to drive beer through the lines. And when there's a leak in a gas tank, in uh, where it's spouting out, it starts freezing up because that's what happens when gas dissipates or expands. It releases... Um, it's just a cooling process. 
That's how refrigeration works and air conditioning and all those things. So I, I'm, I'm taking a look. I'm very interested. It's, un, it's not hooked up. And I said, well, I can. They, they said, you don't have draft beer because we're waiting for someone to come and fix the regulator and the connections. And I'm thinking to myself, is there a way you can run it with a leak? And I, you really can't because it just runs out the CO2 really quick. But we make a lot of money. We make a lot of money on draft beer. And there's a lot of people, the customer satisfaction issue, a lot of people that really would like to, just to have a draft beer. So what I did is I set it up. I saw that there was a leak and stuff like that. And I just kept the, there's a, a valve on top. And it's not like a MacGyver solution. I'm not saying I'm a genius. But right before I poured the beer, I would crank it on. There'd be some leakage of the CO2, but I have enough CO2 to pressurize the line and dry the beer out and get a draft beer. So that's what I did yesterday. And um, I've always tried to do workarounds when I had when I have an issue. I mean, it's just one of those things. And whenever I can do that, just because I want to make it, I'm trying to maximize my time here while I'm at work, making money. It's the slow season right now. And fortunately for us, a lot of the businesses closed for uh, the give vacation to their workers and things like that. They're bigger places and they close the whole place down. And they do renovations and things like that. And they give everyone that, that break. So, And it's the slowest time of the year. So they begin, a lot of them begin in, right after Labor Day. Some of them started last week. And they come back uh, at the end of this month or a week or two in October. So in the next week and a half, we get the businesses that were shut opening up, but we don't have an uptick in customers. So we're going to be spreading the business across additional additional venues. So we're hoping to get as many people as we can when people start coming back down again. This storm that's developing north of South America and south of the, uh, Cuba, it was not going to help us any. You know, we got a certain amount of people that don't book vacations until a you know, week before, especially with you can go and check online and you can see the prices dropping. You say, oh, there's a deal flying in Miami. We'll go to the Keys. And the prices in the hotel rooms drop. But we'll know in about a week and a half, oh, well, a week and a half, about five days, what will happen with the storms. And then... Hopefully, we aren't affected and we stay open. And this is really an unfortunate thing about math and, and the way people are. But if that storm goes and threatens the rest of the Gulf Coast, then it drives kind of drives more business down our place, down to where we are, because people are still sinking warm climates and they're going to go to the places where the hurricane isn't or they may decide to say well listen it seems very active down there I don't want to be caught with my pants down on a trip so we'll have that to deal with but we'll see how it is there's always this way during the year and hopefully we won't have to evacuate that is a cost for some of us and obviously I could still do my job I could still I, I would just do more podcasts 
you know? You'd have to hear my voice more often. On to the next subject. So there's something universal about your jobs, especially jobs that are in public where you come in contact with people. And you come in contact with people regularly. Bartenders have this particularly, this unique perspective. There are people that come to your your bar, your place of work, and they just cause their source of anxiety and ill will. You know, you don't know if they're just malicious, hateful, mean, spirited, conflicted, um, you know, sowing discord, disharmony, all these things, just ill-contented individuals. And it's not, it doesn't help that you're serving them something that kind of is a depressant. There's some people that are really sweet, and then they get a little sweeter when they're drinking that stuff. So you got to watch for those people too, but it's not as bad, right? So you have, and you have people that gossip a lot and do things. It's just you, you always have this thing in your head. And I want to speak to how you handle that with having a preconceived notion when, you, when you're interacting with someone. Because when they come walking through the door, sometimes they elicit a response that isn't really accurate with what they're talking to this day. It's just what you experienced, the history you have with that person. So if you, that, that day that person could be not a shit stirrer, they could be rather pleasant. They can just be a regular sad sack, being a little miserable and stuff like that. Even that's not so hard. And, and, and then, you know, but you're just almost like a Pavlovian response. You're conditioned to respond to that person that way because you have so much history. And I started thinking about that a while ago. I said, I don't want to feel that way when people come in. I just want to be able to go and play it, play it as it lies, meaning how that person is that day, or not just ignore that, not ignore the person, ignore the feeling that the person creates in me. That I don't get anxious. This person's going to be a pain in the ass. They're going to do, oh, they're going to do this and that. And you think about it the whole time. And, and before anything is even said, you're already in a bad mood. So there's a story about one way I tried to change it. There was a particular individual, a female, who used to come on a regular basis. And she... And she still comes on a regular basis. And she was rather bombastic, loud, crude, rude, sometimes mean. You know, just mean and intent in words. And I'm not one of these people who say, you know, I don't want to, you, you can't just say, you can say, fuck you, get out of here. And I'll check the explicit box today. But do you really want to have to do that? We're a tourist destination. You don't need people hearing you yell at people. Every so often, you have to use loud, stern language to get people back to reality. That they're in a business, and it's not their business. And that sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes you can't avoid but pushing back. But other times, you're just trying to change the course of that internal stream of negativity, of 
bad. And so this person comes in who always comes in at up into this point, and sometimes obviously alcohol plays a role in uh, plays a role in it. They come in, you can see that they're a bit tipsy, and they're really extravagant in their motions and their words. The choice of words are kind of rough. And this person started getting meaner and meaner. And while I was thinking, I was thinking, wow, this is just going on and on. This is a cycle we're in. I'm thinking in my head, I want to break the cycle. I'm not saying it came up with a solution or anything like that, but I just looked at the person and I said, you know, this isn't you. I know you. And you're not like that. You, you, you don't have to be like that. You're a nice person. <laughs> I said that though. I, I really, I looked at them and said, you're a nice person. Why do we, why does it have to be that way? You, you're, you're, you're a kind person. You're a nice person. There's no reason for you to be saying these things. And don't you know, at this particular case, in this particular case, she um, modified her, per, you know, her behavior. Yeah, that's shocking. She modified her behavior and you think, wow, I could have done that in a long time ago. I had another guy who came in. He was a little rough. He seemed, he was bellicose. The word is bellicose, I like to say. He was a, uh, aggressive, bellicose, uh, a big guy, you know, really similar in size to me. A little older, I didn't think he was that fit, but he was, he was, he was getting very aggressive. And I kind of, I, I kind of knew that there was some humor underwriting this aggression. Like, this is something this guy does all the time. And he talked about cleaning, you know, what, we're going to dance out in the parking lot, we're going to touch all those stones, meaning... You know, we're going to be rolling on the ground fighting. And I may have told this story before, but I went over and, and I said, okay, wait, hold on a second. Stop. Come, my name is Jim. What's your name? Can we start over again? This whole interaction. And I know it sounds like a cliche and stuff like that. Like you say, Jim, that sounds so stupid. But it gave that person pause. Now they know my name. They always say, like, if you're captured by someone, if you're kidnapped by someone, make sure they know as much about you as possible. Humanize yourself. When someone finds a way they can relate to you and see you as another person like them, it's harder for them to be mean to you unless they're a total psychopath. They're going to do that. Some And some people are too far along for that. But... Generally, I, I was remarking, I may, have, I may have just cursed myself, but I said, you know, at the place I work now, it used to be called the Paradise Pub, and they regularly had confrontations and fights and things like that going on there. It wasn't unusual. It wasn't unusual. And I have to say, in almost all the places that I've worked down here. And it's going on, it'll be 15 years in 
April. I have yet to have to call the cops on due to a confrontation, due to aggression, due to a customer. Now, I had to call 911 for an emergency, for medical emergency before. There's nothing you really can do. Then the finest places and finest establishments in the world, you have that. So I kind of pride pride myself on that and said, listen, if I can, if I can stop, there's, there's no, there's no substitute for dissuading aggression. There isn't. It's like the greatest thing in the world to see that you were going down the road someplace bad and you just took a detour. And then it made me think that, um, and you follow my reasoning here, in all those interactions I've had with people, a lot of times that preceded, if I had a negative reaction uh, interaction with someone, it's because I had a preconceived notion on who I was talking to. And I thought I knew what they were thinking. And the only thing, and people and day to day, you can, you're going to agree with me, I barely know what I'm thinking when I say how I'm feeling, how, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to even maintain what your personal feelings are. How can I know with a certainty how someone else's are? I mean, everyone has these things where he says, well, if someone's looking up into the left or up into the right, they're lying or they're making, or they're trying to remember or things. There are all these tells. But everyone has different tells and everyone has different reasons and different motivations. So I thought of this movie, the movie Shallow How, where he runs into Tony Robbins and in the movie, I'm not going to give it away, but Hal is not a particularly handsome man, but he's obsessed about looks, about women, beautiful women, only likes beautiful women. And Tony, he gets stuck in an elevator with Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins does some kind of hypnotic suggestion that tells how you will see the inner beauty of a person. And particularly women, instead of just seeing what's on the surface. And that kind of works for everyone, not just for people you want to really be uh, involved in a relationship with. It's just people you run into. Like when they come in. Yeah, I'm not talking about their behavior, but you you can elicit, elicit. When I say elicit, you can solicit and elicit a positive response for someone or the best response from someone by playing to their better natures. Playing to their better natures. So when you greet them and you ask them, how are you today? Can I help you? Here, sit down. Tell them something. You say, oh, please sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Can I get you a refreshment? I start when they come to a bar because I always thought that people, sometimes people sit at a bar and they just want a tea. So can I get you a drink? It bothers me sometimes when I hear people getting pissed off when uh, people sit at their bar and they don't order as much as they'd like them to. And uh, I had someone this past week tell me of an encounter uh, 
they had at a restaurant when they were having drinks. And they were asked to move from the bar because the bartender said, you know what? I get a lot of people to come up to the bar and eat. If you're not going to eat, please um, move along. And I, and they said, do you think that's right? And I said, no, I don't think that's right. A bar is uh, for whatever you want. If you don't want to have a drink, if you want to drink some water, if you want to drink a soda, you want to have a cup of tea, you want to eat, you want to have just have drinks. Yes, there are people that tip more and there's some people that tip less and some people that don't tip at all. But it all kind of plays in big dance you have with, you know, you got some people that tip well and some people that don't tip well. I'd have to say, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the people I come in contact with are good tippers. And it's rare to get a non-tipper or a bad tipper. And it all balances out. It's better than it's above average. I know there's probably uh, very attractive young women and men that get uh, tipped just for the, the be curry favor with and things like that. But I think I do pretty well. And I think if you depend on that, you could just play the law of averages. Because remember, you're going to come in contact with lots of people. Lots of people. And some of them have, are coming in with their own sets of concerns and they're, you know, they're traveling. Sometimes people aren't at their best when they're traveling. I see when they come in. Yesterday during lunch, I had uh, two women come in. They were smartly dressed. I'd have to say smartly dressed. They were casual, well coiffed. And I didn't know them. So they didn't have that locals vibe, but they were dressed comfortably. So they didn't have that business person's vibe either. And I just didn't get that. I, I told them, I said, wow, you guys are unreadable. I don't know if you live here or you're on vacation. You know, you, you didn't look like you're waiting to get on a dive boat. And maybe maybe they were traveling. I mean, I, they, they didn't tell me. They were, they were ready and I didn't want them to tell me. Because it's really none of my business. But usually I like to get a narrative in my head. And they were pleasant. So I can build a pleasant narrative in my head. So I'm not getting... I don't like to have... I don't like to build a negative narrative. So... And then I thought... You know what? They were nondescript. Well-groomed. And polite. Obviously... They're spies from Canada. All I had to do was get him to say a couple words that, you know, like a, a boot or, you know, you know, when you where, are you going to head out or whatever they say, the Canadians. I could have tricked him that done that trick like they did in The Great Escape. When the Gestapo agent tricked one of the guys getting on the bus. Uh, who was speaking French and German, and all of a sudden he threw an English phrase in, and the guy responded real quick. And they knew, oh, you're you're an escape prisoner. <laughs> so, or I could have put out a plate of uh, what do, what um, what do Canadians like? You know, uh, fries with mayonnaise, or or that that's French Canadian, or it could be uh, with gravy. 
or that's actually that's probably Minnesota or Wisconsin was enough of that but in shallow how the story is when when I do do look at people and I just see you know the people that maybe not be the cleanest and not the the most apparently on the surface most attractive or 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 the most interesting or well off they always have something to offer they always have something they want to share they always have some happiness in their life to be at you know to to add to your day and i i learned i learned things from almost everyone that come in there unfortunately sometimes i get wrapped up sometimes the problem with work is that when you're so busy you forget the things you know about people and you just get wrapped up in doing the job and you're making making 20 drinks you know dealing with dealing with some kind of emergency at the time or immediacy or whatever you want to call it but it's always good to kind of bring it back and I think in certain times when I'm well rested and like I said, I did my routine today. I did. I'm probably going to do another meditation thing. I get into the flow of being more capable of bringing myself back quicker. And when I'm tired and, and fatigued, I am right there raw, and I'm biting on any bait, being baited by you know someone being nasty, mean, rude. And when I'm rested and, and calm and not anxious, I can just take it, you know, just just roll with it and get something positive, even from the most negative interactions. You know, there's some really great, uh, there's one guy in, in town here, um, he's Larry. He he actually lives about a block away from me. He's been a bartender for years. A big guy. He bartended, and he still bartends uh, part-time at the Caribbean Club, uh, the famous bar in Key Largo. And uh, he is always, at least when I see him, the image I have of him is being calm and friendly, even-keeled to everyone and I kind of emulate that much like my father is so I would probably ask you is when you run into people doesn't matter if you're a bartender or a server or, or you're a nurse doctor when you run into someone obviously if you run into a situation like a police officer you got to be on the, you're on the lookout you got to be on your guard. But give, give a person a chance, even when they're not presenting their best side. You can try to draw out the good side from them. See if that works. It'll work for you. It'll make you, put you in a better mood. At least, you made it, at least you made an effort. And making an effort means a lot nowadays. Well, that's all I have for today. I hope you have a great day. I'll do another... Uh, episode or two. I noticed, wait, I've been noticing my, uh, recently we had some really big upticks in numbers. And I do appreciate that. And I had some in Ireland, from Ireland. 
I don't have as many in Taiwan and places like that. But I noticed a huge drop off in the female listenership. And I thought, boy, there's more men. And I go, what am I saying? What am I doing? Am I giving off some kind of misogynist mess- message that's pissing off women? I'm just not saying anything that they're really interested in hearing. Uh, but I'm going to keep on trying to do my best for you listeners. I do appreciate you listening. And uh, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. I'll be back uh, sometime this week. And we'll, as we get closer to finding out what's going on with this depression, and it's gonna, I think it's going to have something G will be the name of it, because Fiona was last, unless another one develops before. But I think within 48 hours, we'll have another storm name with a G as the beginning. The, the names, they haven't had a good gym one, which is good. I don't, I don't want to associate any death and destruction with a gym. There are gyms that, Jim Jones, you know, and other gyms. I'm sure there's our mass murderers and and people by the name of Jim. Thank God there's not like a Jim Hitler or Jim Stalin. That would that would probably suck. So, oh, Jim, just like that guy in Russia or the guy in Germany. You know, that would really, I've said it before and I say it again, it sucks to be Adolf. But then again, if you have a common name, Joe Stalin, Joseph Stalin. And it doesn't mean, doesn't mean I don't know. I know a bunch of Joes that are great guys. But Adolf, since it's a rare, rare name, that really screwed Adolfs, all Adolfs over. It's like I can see guys sitting in Canada and emigrate from Germany in 1930 going, oh, you got a name, the guy that got just a elected chancellor in uh, in Germany, it was, or 32, 34. And you go and say, oh, yeah. There's a guy named Adolf out there. I don't know his last name, but his first name's Adolf. And then the person goes, oh, my God, that guy is the worst. And say, that's just like your name. I don't know anybody else. I just know that guy over there and you. That would suck. That's ended on a nice one. But listen, I'm sure there's are. I'm sure it's probably unlikely that the last Adolf, unless he chose the name to be Adolf, was, is a bad guy. You know, it's like you don't name your kid Lucifer or, you know, John Wayne Gacy. I don't know why I got on there. I will be back. Thank you very much. I'm going to play a little music, probably a little upbeat. Think happy thoughts. Forget about my serial killer rant right there. Unless it made you laugh. Talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 